Welcome to the Web3 Growth Marketing Podcast. This is your definitive source for exploring the ins and outs of growth marketing in Web3 space. As always, I'm your host, Prime, and today we are going to be going into a deep dive into a topic that's absolutely critical for anyone who's looking to succeed in the Web3 market. Today, we're talking about Web3 marketing strategies to optimize and increase product adoption rates. And even if you're just here out of curiosity, or you are into growth marketing, or you're a founder of the Web3 brand, we are just interested in the art and the science of marketing. I promise that you will leave this episode with some pretty interesting insight. So let's buckle up and let's dive in. Just to paint a quick picture for you. Now imagine launching a website or launching the product that almost everyone within your target audience is using, engaging with, and absolutely loving. That, my friend, is what we mean by a high adoption rate. And it's a glorious sight to behold. Now, that might sound like a dream come true, but it's very much possible. And today I'm going to share with you five strategies to help you increase your product adoption rate. Why is this so important, you might ask? Well, having a high adoption rate for your product can boost your revenue, can increase your profitability and solidify your position in the market. Essentially, a high adoption rate is the rocket fuel for your product success. And conversely, a low adoption rate could spell trouble for your product. Personally, from my experience, I believe that the only way to onboard more people into Web3 is to build Web3 products that have a wider range of adoption curve. And ultimately, a higher adoption rate could mean you hit product market fit. So founders, while why do you need to chase the elusive idea of PMF when you can simply focus on the very factor that triggers it, which is, in my opinion, product adoption rate? If we increase product adoption rate, we can increase the chances of, it, of hitting PMF. And in this episode, we are going to uncover five strategies that, if implemented successfully, can help you increase your product adoption rate. And then these strategies are the fundamentals that are built right into your product development, community building, marketing, and your product offer. First up, let us talk about the community. Launching a superior product is paramount to, to attracting and building relationships with the right community members who then can or could become your customers. Now, you need to remember that your community is not just a mailing list. It's a dynamic and engaged group where open conversations really thrive and then the focus should extend beyond your products and then it should extend into other interests, problems, and culture that your community members face and are really interested in. The idea is to serve them, not sell them when it comes to community building. And the factors that really adds up to helping you serve your community members is basically a superior product first. You build a superior product first, then a reward system, foster open conversations and valuable resources that help people in other key interests that they have, build a vibe around a common culture and a team around why they are there or team around uh, a basic fundamental of their background. Literally all of these things, why they may seem very subtle, they all play a major role into building a community that is very wholesome and very healthy. In Web3, you already know this, community is king. It is our duty, not just for good marketers, but for founders and teams and core teams to really put a lot of effort into serving people, not just slamming them with new products and slamming them with new new collections and then try to generate sales off of them but then to really serve them to really help them achieve what they look what they look forward to achieving 
it is very important to re reward your active members and encourage user-generated content or user-generated testimonials, which I like to call. Brands like Podgy Penguins, for example, they've nailed this down, right? And then also you, by doing so, you not just serving your community, you are also fortifying your brand's credibility and fostering growth via network effects. Now, I believe that UGCs via network effects could truly generate growth, but at the end of the day, if you really look at it closely, you notice that it is not possible if your members do not genuinely see the reasons to make these contents to really talk about your product. UGCs are testimonials on Flex, right? So you remember back in the day in Web2 where we go to a website and we see the testimonial sections and we see what people are saying. Well, though many of the time we do not really see these people post these statements, right? But then when it comes to UGC, we see people talking about the product that they love. So it's testimonials on Flex and then it literally helps your brand build credibility. So it goes back to the importance of your community and how important your community is to your community members. When you're going to literally build a product that has an exciting product adoption rate, you have to nail the community building phase. You have to nail it down, right? Moving on, while community building is essential, our second strategy, which is the creation of viral loops, is an idea that will be built upon the network effect of your community members. So viral loops, which is our second strategy to increasing product adoption rate, is only possible when we fix the community building phase. Now, let me talk about viral loops a bit. In simple terms, a viral loop is a mechanism that incentivizes your user to invite their friends to use your product. See, there is no better way to create such a loop than to offer a valuable and superior product first and then encourage referrals. Before we even encourage referrals, it's very necessary to know that nothing beats a superior product on the market. When the product is superior, it is easy to ask for referrals because people love using the product. It's just like we have that our favorite tool we use. For, for example, me, I love using Notion. For every little thing, I, I want to use Notion. I prefer using Notion when it comes to spreadsheet, when it comes to writing documents. I just love Notion because everything is in one place and I can actually segregate them how I want. See, my love for Notion is basically because I really enjoy using it. I would not be um, hard pushed if Notion asks for a referral. For example, Notion have not asked me to talk about this, but then I'm already talking about Notion because I use Notion very well and then I'm easily saying it out because I believe Notion is a superior product on the market. You see, you also, on the other hand, you have that product that you love to use and then you lose, you use that product because it really is a superior product in the market and it really helps achieve what you want to, um, what you're trying to achieve in that kind of sense. This is exactly what triggers Vera Loops. Now, people say we have to create a reward incentive, we have to create a structure, we have to build a creator program. Well, yes, this really, these things really work. A creator program, a structure, a referral campaign or whatever, an ambassadorship um, program, all of these things are um, strategies that must be built upon the availability of a superior product. If there is no superior product, none of the programs, none of the strategies will work effectively. So bringing it back to the entire idea, viral loops 
incentivizes your users, that is your community members, to not just talk about your product, but then literally invite their friends to use your product. You see, it is essential. It is mind-blowing. The benefit of this is it reduces your cost acquisition, the, the cost for acquisition, your CPA, right? And then it ensures that you don't get to spend so much on money on marketing and then you also get to acquire new customers without spending so much see it's it's mind-blowing because viral loops are very essential every major brand that you know out there uses viral loops it is very essential and web3 brands should begin to now implement this into their structure into how they do it but then how is this possible one of the very fundamental ways for viral loops is the good old referral strategy or referral programs or referral campaigns as you won't call it now you need to think of it as a win-win situation that stimulates user acquisition the win-win game states or offer for the referrer and the referred must be fused in to the product development literally now first of all it must be a win-win situation for example, if I'm if I'm using a product and they ask me to make a referral, there has to be a very good incentive to want to do that. And then when I refer my friend, there has to be a very good incentive for my friend to want to come and use the product. You see, so it's a win-win situation. For example, look at the famous Dropbox referral um, program. Now it was very exciting because I really enjoyed using Dropbox back then because I referred many of my friends. So Dropbox says that you refer a friend and you get 250 gig extra space. I think it was about 250 gig or 500 gig extra space. And when that my friend comes in, my friend also gets about the same amount of extra space without having to pay for um, this, 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 the um, cloud storage in that kind of sense. So because my friend was referred by me, he has 250 gig or 500 gig free space because he came on via referral that's mind-blowing and he's seeing that okay if i refer someone also i can as well double my my my, my free story without having to pay dropbox and he says you know what i'm going to do this he then he refers someone to increase his storage space and this is literally what dropbox is and it really works in web3 it is almost the same thing if not the same fundamentals win-win game states everybody should win the referrer and the referred must win. In, when we say win, it means that they must benefit from the products in a very exciting way. The offer must be so irresistible, it is difficult for them to ignore it. Now, that is exactly how you build referral programs. That is the psychology behind effective referral programs. And Web3 brands, this is something that should now be, begin to really play a, a very exciting option in our minds. We need to bring referral programs, but then when we are bringing referral programs, we need to do it in a way that will incentivize both the referral and the referred, right? Basically, when referral programs are placed into a marketing strategy, even sometimes, most of the time, it's done from the product development phase. You click a link on the product, you click, you go to an aspect on the product, then you now get your referral link. So everything is done on the product for the most part. Now, when it is fused in and sewn in together, right, it sparks a reason for your community members to refer and it sparks a reason for the referral to join. 
and it's very easy. It is a very seamless experience. They don't need to now click one link and it goes on that page, where they now have to add a code to now go to another place and they now get the link that they need to use. It's very boring. It's a very, very tedious process. One click should do it all. And, that, and this entire stuff should be fused into the product, making it fast, making it smooth. So they don't need to leave the products to prefer somebody. They can do it right from the product. They can click the link and they can pop up their socials. They can pop up their Instagram, their WhatsApp, their Twitter. This is how referral works. It has to be very intuitive and very, very seamless for it to work effectively. Always remember this. This is something that I personally have come to agree on from my experience, that virality in itself is engineered and should be considered from the get-go during the product development phase. I've never really seen any viral action that was an happenstance. A lot of factors must play in. And usually when we see a viral product or a viral meme or a viral sensation, it was it was engineered, it was planned, right? And then this planning phase usually starts on the foundations. And when it comes to Web3 Web product development, when it comes to Web3 ecosystem, it's the foundation is usually the community and the product, right? This is exactly how Vara Loops works. It's very essential. Aside from referrals, there are ambassadorship programs. There, there are many other programs like the creator programs, to incentivize people. The Azuki, for example, did the research and residence program. Um, um, Dudus did the incubator program. They, they, are, they can be, you can call it whatever name you call it. The, uh, the, refer the research and residence program and the incubator program are actually both uh, ambassadorship programs, right? And then they incentivize the community to want to rep the brand. <laughs> I guess that's the word. Yeah, so that is exactly how it works. And that's why it's very essential for not just you, but for everybody in the in your community to want to represent the brand. That's why we use PFPs, right? And it's why we, we are always in WACME. We stand the culture. We love the culture in Web3. And we want to represent Web3 everywhere you go. So that's exactly how it works. And this is one of the reasons why you must pay attention, first of all, to your community and then add viral loops beneath your community to make it spark. The third point and the third strategy on how to increase product adoption rate is optimizing your onboarding process. Now, this is one point that is not being talked on the most. Many people tend to um, play down the importance of optimizing your product, your product onboarding um, phase. You need to optimize your onboarding. And for Web3 brands, onboarding happens in two phases the product usage phase and then the community phase now if you've ever minted an nft or you bought a token think of this would you agree with me that it is possible to hold an nft in your wallet trade and flip the nft for 2x 3x 10x or a token for 2x 3x 10x and yet you do not or you did not join the discord community nor did you use in quotes utility of the NFT or the token? Well, for me, I think yes, because I've done it a lot of times. I mean, I've, I've flipped coins and I've flipped tokens and I did not really, I did not, at, at best I checked the Twitter, I didn't go into the Discord, right? Because you use Dex screen and you use other tools and you use Mintify and whatever you use once you check, you check it and you can literally see what's happening on chain and you can make it, you can make a decision 
without joining a community or using the product. You see, if we want to increase product adoption rates, we must incentivize people to join the community and use the product. Because if we can't do that, then there's no point to talk about adoption rates, increasing it, right? Now, this reality, for you and for me, we could be gigants, right? And then looking to mix 2x, like I already said. You understand? But however, for Web3 brands, uh, the, the incentive is not to make 2x. However, the incentive is to actually increase retention, onboard people, get more users into the products, get more people into the community. And when that happens, and I, I mean, when people flip their token and flip the NFT without joining the community, they have just lost an opportunity for retention. They've just lost an opportunity to increase retention. This is exactly why onboarding is essential. So this shows that onboarding is very important and also optimizing your onboarding process or your onboarding fees or your onboarding um, 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 channel is something that starts before you launch and it is iterated on afterwards. It's essential that you, you understand this. You don't fix the onboarding after you have launched. You do it before you launch. You think about how do I get people in into the product? Look at all the possible drop-off points and then you fix the possible, you fix this possible drop-off point. Try to bring people into your community. Try to bring people to use your product and then you now iterate on it afterwards. So here's an example of what I mean. So let's say the mint page on your website, for example, you and I know that that is actually the last page any person who wants to mint an NFT or a token um, gets to before the customers, the minters, the token buyers go on chain to check their wallets. And usually, like we already understand, they may never come back. You understand? Because from their wallets, they check it on OpenSea or they check it on Dex screen or whatever it is, or check it on PooCoin, they can literally list they can swap on any bridge they want to swap on they can they can literally do anything and make profit and and do all of that without getting back into the community but then you now look at it very keenly where was the last place they got to before they did all of that interactions on chain it was the main page so the main page is the drop-off point because the last place where you can have a hold on them literally because when they go on chain bro there's nothing you can do anymore there's nothing you can do anymore to hold them or to actually get their attention. It's essential because these people are your community members or these people had an incentive to want to play around your product or your product's offering, right? So if the main page is the last place they got to before going on chain to interact with the token or interact with the NFT by listing, by, by locking it or by staking it or doing whatever they want to do with it, it means that the, the main page is a place where you need to optimize your onboarding process. So the solution to this could be you add a pop-up page or a reader page. So after the when, it's, when you click the mint, they say mint two and they click mint. Instead of it saying successfully minted, blah 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 blah, it could say yes, you successfully minted it, blah blah blah. Join the Discord community now to get whatever benefits. But that benefit, that, that simple, right? So if the paid, the pop-up page comes on or the paid with redirects to a new to a new landing page where there's a there's a copy, a sales copy to drive people into the community. 
right and then they come into your community or they drive people to use the product to test the product or to go on the product page right this could spike up conversion and increase onboarding um, process for three brands it's very exciting in my opinion and it's something that web3 brands need to pay attention but we can say well there are a lot of times that this happens what about on the secondary market what about what about if the, the person did not meet the products what about if he was going to buy it on the secondary market well i think this is where development works i mean there's a need to actually work with open sea or or look rare or whatever or, or or magic eating and work with secondary markets to do this this is what i think is possible with secondary market it's exciting because somebody could buy an nft or let's say a token on secondary and then when they get to check out especially for nfts when they get to check out page after buying an nft or a token they may have checked their screener or any other analytical tools they want to use and then they are, they are, they are saying okay you know what i want to ape in this nft is doing has been doing x amount of stuff before there's there's been a traction but then i've seen a smart way i've seen a way of trying to move in so i want to leverage on that that um inflow of cash that's coming in so they've done their, their, their entire analytics they've checked their the twitter the Twitter is quite engaging um a couple sets of people are following that they, they try to pay attention to and everything smart money as we call them right so they've done their basic analysis you see and then they're, they're trying to leverage off secondary so the, the price has dropped they want to leverage and ride the price back up again with new money coming into the into the the, the trade so that's the plan that's their plan in their head for secondary in that kind of sense so or maybe there's another plan that they have maybe they want just want to buy and hold the token who knows but whatever whatever the plan is when they come on secondary and they go to check out especially for nft brands and they go to that checkout on open c on blur and they are on the checkout page after they buy the token um and they are ready to ape into the product whatever they want to do a new page could pop off or pop up and on that new page there is a call to action to join the community and or use the product offering you see i don't know how possible it is with um with a uh, um open c or when i remember how um airbnb leverage of craigslist to blow up their marketing campaign right it was a smart developer hack it, there was no way a, a traditional marketer could have thought about that we airbnb leverage of craigslist so it is possible we might have to work directly with OpenSea, or if there's a way around it for developers to actually hack the system find a way to bring in a, a, a tracker code if anybody tracks something or does something on this particular page for this particular secondary secondary product let it trigger it, tri- it triggers a pop-up page that drives people back into the community drives people back into a page that allows them to utilize the product why because we are trying to fix product adoption adoption is a major problem in web3 because people focus on price action so much that they don't use the actual technology if we are going to fix that we need to bring people back into the community we need to bring people back to the product and that is only possible when we are actually focused on it right so you see this is exactly why it's possible it's all down to dev work however 
as much as it's down to the developers work and everything it is important that we make it smooth and intuitive for new users to join up right for the most part you need data like i said you need to know where the drop-off points are right you need to understand where users are dropping off and they need to work on those areas you need to optimize those areas and you need to double down on them right so every time as a, as a founder or as a growth marketer or whatever it is in any role you're having in the, in, the, in the company you're working with the entire idea the entire question that should be in your mind is how do i improve the onboarding process that should always be at the top of your mind right you need to find ways to improve your onboarding process now this is on open sea it also happens on community phase like i said Onboarding phase happens in two places, the product and the community. So we can be tracking in-app analytics. We need to know where, how people are using the product, where do they use the product, and when do they drop off. You understand? We're on community phase, we also need to track the community phase. I mean, there are amazing tools like Interact, right? There are many amazing community tools out there that you can literally use to try to track community engagement. You need to know where people are dropping off. You need to really track all of these things to have an idea, right? To have an idea of what's really happening, okay? Somebody comes into, into the community and only went to the announcement place, announcement page and dropped off. Or somebody went to the community and went to the, to the chat base and then left the community. You should be concerned. If people, if that's really happening, that's really, if that's consistently happening, it means there's a, there's a big problem and you need to fix how people come in. Maybe, maybe they, they got into the, into the chat section and it was just overwhelming. You see multiple people type, typing at the same time. They said hello and nobody replied back because people were trying to message at the same time. That could be overwhelming sometimes. And they leave the community. How do you know if you don't track it? If you are not monitoring these things, this is essentially why data is very key. Data is literally how we make the right decisions, right? So all of these things, they help. So community helps, Vera loops help. Now you need to fix the onboarding process. Aside from onboarding process, the next thing we want to look at in terms of our strategy to increase adoption rate for our products in Web3 is to implement split testing a and b split testing not just for marketing but for product development for our offers and for our community building and for our assets for marketing as well so we literally split test every single thing now as a good marketer one of my favorite strategies for marketing is to identify which channels are working best and double down on them optimize them and double down on them that's not my go-to strategy for marketing. And with marketing, especially for marketers like me or other marketers out there, we tend to have our favorite channels, right? And personally, for me, my favorite channel for marketing is the content creation aspects and partnership. And then I like fusing all of these things, the data from all of these things, and I like fusing it into all the other channels, influencer marketing, programmatic art, literally all of these things, right? And that's exactly what I like doing, SEO and whatever it is. I like doing all of these things. That's that's how I, I like marketing. I love those channels because they give really good incentives for people to want to join the community. Content creation, that includes SEO, blog posts, and then includes PR, guest posting, and social media pages, and social media posts, and AMAs, and Twitter spaces, 
and then partnership announcement, partnership deals to bring in new communities, strategic partnerships to increase product awareness, all those kind of stuff. I believe those are really, really essential channels in Web3 and I like to fuse everything into it. That's what I like to do. It's my default go-to um, result, right, when it comes to marketing. However, I am sure you have yours too. And I'm sure why I'm saying this, you are thinking about yours. And you, you, might, you might not agree with me that partnership and content can really do it or can really be essential for brands to market their product. You might have yours and it's completely fine. The most important thing here is, which is an issue, is that with marketing, as with product development, as with offers, as with community building, we do not always know how the markets, which is our target audience, by the way, will respond to our products. We don't. We don't know how they respond to our offer. We don't know the channel that will work the most. We don't know. We don't know the channel that will give the highest performance in terms of acquisition, that's quality of lead generated, or in terms of cost per acquisition. That means the amount of money we are spending on each channel. We don't know. It's not, it's not something that we get to know ahead of time. We only know afterwards. You see, it's like driving a car blindfolded <laughs> when you don't know, which is the case for all marketing strategy. So one of the things I've now resorted to over the past few months is I play the cards and I play wide open. So I want to test. I want to make data-driven decisions when it comes to marketing. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I want to increase and optimize my chances on how I generate leads and on how I make acquisition possible for every client that I work with. You see, if, for example, we are running on six marketing channels at this portfolio, there's a top of the funnel channels, and we're running on six or seven of them. We just had the marketing and we just went all in six channels telegram ad ready ready to advertising we're doing influencer marketing we're doing content we're doing social media marketing we're doing partnership and whatever it is because we largely try doing everything at the same time and we don't take a step back to say after a couple three weeks what exactly is which of these channels giving us the most value for our money the reality of not doing this or not checking the data behind the performance of each of these channels is um, the fact that for the most part only two out of six or seven could be getting us the result that we are seeing and we are just wasting money on the other four. That revenue wasted on the other four could be reinvested back. We could stop the other four and reinvest that revenue back into those two channels. We optimize them. Then we now split tests our assets okay let's change how the asset looks like or let's change how the offer looks like or let's change the framing of our offer and then we can split, 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 split test on the other ones but for the most part we take the funding for the other four channels that are not getting us the most value for our money and then we invest back into these other two channels that are giving us the, the results that we want and the performance that we want and then that increase our budget for marketing on those two channels so we can double down on them but then to optimize them, we now start testing all the other layers that are in those channels. And when it comes to those channels, it includes assets, it includes networks, it includes literally everything that makes the, asset, the, the channel function. You see, when we do this, if we are getting 20% in result for lead generation and customer acquisition on the community level or on the product level, 
when we now double down on it, we could spike that 20% up to 40 or 50%. That's exactly, that's exactly what was just generally um, um, suggesting it in those numbers, right? But that is the idea behind speed testing on the marketing level. And it also works that same way when it comes to product development. You see, it is the same fundamentals. We split test. We are looking to see which is the best or which is the most active point, touch of point. We're tracking in-app usage, right? We are doing all of these things because we are trying to reduce uncertainty, especially for the marketing aspect, right? We are trying to reduce the uncertainty, right? And to reduce our uncertainty, we are trying to ensure that we are not burning valuable money on, on marketing for or, or marketing for marketing's sake, right? It is best, in my opinion, to test all channels, to test all offers, and to test assets, and then to monitor in-app product usage, and then test community engagement in terms of the topics that people love to talk about, the events that people love to have, the EMEs that people love to engage in, the offers that people love the incentive that people love, right? These are things we need to test. We need to know how and why. And when we know why, we can now focus our attention on the why. And it's also a very good way to serve, to serve the community, right? Because if the community are saying, we loved the last AMA um, where you brought that key opinion leader to talk about X topic. We love the topic and we love the value that we got from it. That should give us a clue on doubling down on such AMAs, on such events for the community, right? But then we will not know that if we are not trying to get data and we are not being open to actually acquire data. People, people might frown of data for of data for when it comes to Web3, but then this has nothing to do with cookies. A simple um, Q&A, question and answer session can give you the answer. Put put a voting up in the community or on Twitter can give you the answer that you need. People will give you their, their feedback. Their feedback is the data that you need. And that is exactly how it works. That is exactly what we need. That's exactly what you need to actually split testings on a very, very interesting level. One thing I personally learned over the time when, when working with Web3 brands and handling growth is first, like I mentioned, virality is engineered. I also mentioned that it's iterated over time. But for iteration to work, we need data. And to get data, we must track the most important metrics. For repeat campaigns, for example, let's say, let's say as a group marketer or as a founder, you are trying to build a product or you are trying to market a product in an industry or an ecosystem or a chain that you've done marketing for or you have built a product on previously, right? Those are what I call repeat campaigns, right? You might you might not need to test everything. It's right when you have accurate data previously. You might need to, to test just a few things for marketing and for product development because you you already know what works. And then you still want to test because you want to avoid um, making mistakes. So you might want to test all channels, but you have an idea of what the most channels um, works in that in that ecosystem. You have an idea of how people love to utilize products in that ecosystem. You have an idea of how community works in that ecosystem, what people are most passionate about in that ecosystem. So for, for repeat campaigns, you may not need to test everything, but you still need to test. You still need to actually pay attention to the most important metric. 
And the, these metrics help with data-driven decisions. And data-driven decisions reduce uncertainty and it ensures that we actually build products and market products that actually have a better chance of being adopted or adopted faster, right? In that kind of sense. Now, lastly, why we talk about, now we've talked about how we use split testing with A and B split testing to improve product adoption rate. We also talked about viral, viral loops. We also talked about onboarding process. We also talked about community building. The last point, which is very, very subtle in that kind of sense is um, providing outstanding community and user support. One of the major problems with Web3 is, or with Web3 brands is we don't pay attention to user support. For example, many, many brands in Web3, they play down on this, um, but the truth is responding quickly to community queries and user queries and questions and making your members feel valued and supporting their interests um, can increase retention. It can spur word of mouth referrals. It can accelerate product adoption rates over time. And it is very essential. If you look at all of these five strategies, you will notice that everything plays around the community member. Like I said, the community member is king. If the community member is truly king, as growth marketers, as Web3 founders, it is our duty to serve the king, right? It's to our duty to actually make them feel like one, make them feel valued, make them feel supported. And in my opinion, from my experience, I see retention and acquisition as two sides of the same coin. Like they literally go hand in hand, either tails or heads or either heads or tails, anyone. And they can make or mar your adoption rate by affecting your user acquisition or your user retention rates over time. From this episode, you'll notice how I've interchanged between acquisition rates, retention rates, product adoption rates, PMF. Everything plays amongst themselves. They are all different um, mechanisms, but they are very essential. They are intertwined. There's a synergy amongst all of these, these mechanisms. If one is bad, everything else goes bad. For example, if you're having so much um, acquisition, people are using your products, but then your retention is poor. It means people are using your product. However, they stop using your product after two weeks. Or if it's on the community phase where you're having so much adoption and the retention is poor, it means thousands of people are joining your, your community every day, but then the retention is bad. So thousands of people are leaving your community every day. Just because retention is bad, and the other channels are good and the other mechanisms are good, everything else fails in that kind of sense. It is the same with retention when retention is good and acquisition is bad. So it is our duty when it comes to building products that are adopted over time to ensure our acquisition is good and our retention is good. And both of them are very healthy because they are two sides of the same coin. And for us to really increase retention rate, we have to focus on the community and we have to give them support, outstanding support. We have to answer their questions. We have to be with them every single time of the way in that kind of sense. And that's exactly why many Web3 brands have community moderators, have community managers, right? The entire idea is just to give really, really good support. But most of the time, even with community managers and, and moderators, there's still no support. I mean, it's you, you, if, you're, if you're in Web3 like, like I am, you know, what, you know what I'm talking about. It's our duty to support people. It's our duty to build 
really good relationship with people. And for Web3 brands that are looking to build thousands and thousands of users, it is not possible for the founder himself to build one-on-one interaction with his, with his users or one-on-one interaction with his community members. The only way he can do that is to give that duty to the moderators. Work with a lot of moderators, hire moderators from your community, hire community managers from your community, and let everybody literally build relationships with themselves. Get data from people. When I say get data from people, I mean get people's feedback and then use this feedback to improve your decision making in terms of product development, in terms of marketing, when it comes to literally anything you are doing on the product in that kind of sense for the community's sake and for your sake. And then by focusing on these five strategies, community building, viral ops, onboarding processes, um, split testing, um, offering really, really good support for your community members. By doing all of these things, you can truly drive adoption rate very high. When you make product adoption as your primary target, you are setting yourself up and you're setting a stage for a sustainable growth. And this will generally help Web3. That's what I mean. I believe that more Web3 brands or when more Web3 brands products are adopted in traditional industries like finance, music, sports, amongst many other industries traditionally, this will drive onboarding of new audiences and users and builders. The entire, let's onboard the next 1,000 um, Web3 users. Let's onboard the next Web2 users. The solution to this onboarding is in products, is in solutions, it is in how we solve real life use case problems. And then for us to really solve real life use case problems, we need to build products that are adopted and hit product market fit. So let us strive to build products that are adopted, products that are used and products that are loved in Web3. And the only way for us to do that is by implementing these five strategies amongst many others and then trying to ensure that we really do well and do good by ourselves and like i said virality is always engineered from the get-go and this brings us to the end of today's episode i hope that these strategies provide you with the insight to grow your web3 brand and you should remember that the magic is in being able to foster a community, being able to actually engineer viral loops, optimize your onboarding, use data to make decisions, and offer exceptional support to your community members. Now, next episode, we're going to discuss on the strategies to achieve product market fit. It's a very, very desired um, phenomenon for Web3 brands, or brands generally. Everybody wants to achieve product market fit, right? But then how do you do it? How do you, or how should you look at product market fit? That is exactly what we'll talk about in the next episode. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you found this valuable and useful, don't forget to give us a like or a review. And then your support is what keeps us going. So have an amazing time. Until next time, I'm your host, Optimus Prime. Keep growing. Bye.